Beyond the Pillion is recorded on the traditional lands of the Kaurna people, and we would like to pay our respects to elders, past and present. Welcome to Beyond the Pillion. This is episode 15. My name is Kahiwa Sabaya. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the chaotic one. And my name is Mark Drexler, he, him pronouns, and our goal is to make the hottest thing on two wheels this summer, you. <laughs> That's right. That's sure. Let's sure. go with that. Let's go we'll with go that. with that. Today, today we are talking about summer, riding in the summer, riding in the heat, um, because that is the season that we are coming to down here in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And we have also recently had the announcement of El Nino, which means we are going to have a high mm. likelihood of some really hot temperatures coming up in the southern hemisphere particularly in the southern parts of australia it is Mm -hmm. going to be very very hot in all likelihood so it seemed like the right time to talk about coping with riding (laughs) in the heat yes tell us hottest conditions you're riding you've ridden in and what did it feel like well i think as we have probably established in previous episodes i'm a bit of a fair weather rider mm. um but i think the the hottest ride was was probably back when i was commuting um into the city so when i worked in the city quite regularly and i think it was probably i want to say 37 ish degrees celsius coming mm-hmm. home um at about 4 four thirty in the afternoon so kind of really the heat of the day is just set into the asphalt and you're behind cars and exhausts and like you've had a whole day in an office air conditioning and now you are out slam Mm -hmm. into it. Um, So that was not great, um, particularly sitting in the the traffic behind other cars for a good portion Mm -hmm. of that time. Um, But thankfully had, had some good gear and had kind of prepped pretty well, which we will talk a little bit more about today. But what about you, Mark? What, um, what was your, the hottest ride you've ever ridden in? Um, Because I am inherently stupid, the hottest that I have (laughs) ever ridden in now uh, for our, our American listeners, uh, we know you're out there. So 37 degrees, I think is a hundred Fahrenheit which is what Kaiba mm. was talking about. The hottest that I have ever ridden in is 45, which was similarly commuting from the city, I think probably about a 25, 30-minute commute through mm. traffic in 45-degree heat, which uh, for our American listeners is about 190-something. No, it's not that hot, but it's... No, I think it's like 115, 120. It? If only there was some place we could Google this. Anyway. You can Google it. <laughs> Really stinkingly hot, dry, uh, hot wind <laughs> mm. day. And yeah, it was uh, one of those, yeah, it, it was a bizarre experience. And I'll talk a little bit about um, the impact of heat on the body. Mm. And that is um, probably my one of my really good lessons about um, what we can do, what we need to do to manage the heat. <laughs> And also uh, managing the temptations that come with yes. heat. Mm. Yes, I think, um, and, and we're seeing it already as we get some quite nice warm days down mm. here um, and lots of, of motorcyclists kind of riding past. The temptation to to wear the shorts and the T-shirt um, that you might want to wear once you get off the bike um, whilst you are riding <laughs> The 
the important thing I think to remember is that the risks of hurting yourself and um, injuring yourself and losing skin um, if you were to come off your motorbike don't magically change just because the weather is a little bit warmer Um, so it is really really important to still dress for the slide rather than the ride and make sure that as much as possible you know the skin is covered and you are wearing things that are going to keep you protected should something happen mm-hmm. and with that for our um, Adelaide listeners um, we are quite excited about the kind of gear swap meet for the Women Two Wheels South Australia group happening um, about a week after this will go live, Sunday the 8th of October. Mm-hmm. Um, so check out the Facebook group um, if you are a local uh, to join in on that to possibly either pick up some new gear. So Mark, what are some of the kind of essentials of, of gear for riding in the hot weather? Mm. Uh, I think... I think so. I'll mention a few particular things that I think are very, very important to have. Uh, as Kahiba said, yeah, you really do need to cover, still cover the bits that have the risk of hitting down, but also covering the bits that are at risk of exposure to the elements more broadly. Um, mm. So, first one I would throw out there is the importance of a good ventilated jacket. Now, depending on the jacket or jackets that you have, some jackets um, will be, for example, leather jackets that have either small mesh or similar vents in various places like under your arms, maybe mm. uh, maybe in the chest to, tr- to at least layer a little bit in. Some of them will have zips that you can sort of zip down the ventilation ports to allow a bit more in. Uh, my favorite i think for really hot weather is one that is a so i've got several jackets um middle of summer the only thing i really wear is a jacket which is primarily mesh so Mm. still has still covers everything still uh, resistant to hitting the ground it's still got um i think back protector elbow protectors padding on the shoulders Mm. all of the other like strong zips all the other things but the bulk of it around my uh, particularly my chest where you are getting the most airflow is just purely mesh mm. um, and this is probably probably a good place to talk a little bit about the best beginner jackets Kahiba when you were out looking for yours what did you go for yeah so I think I've got um, I think it's a dry rider jacket which is very mm-hmm. similar so it has the kind of a mesh outer layer and a kind of thinner inner layer still has a lot of the protection and um, armor within it in the elbow shoulder back um, area but it also comes with a removable lining Mm. um, so that it can span that maybe spring to autumn kind of um, timing and so that works really nicely as the counter to my other dry rider jacket, which is more waterproof, has a much yeah. heavier outer layer and a thicker, warmer inner layer that can be removed. Yep. And so between those two, pretty much covered to be able to ride um, the whole year round. Mm. The other jacket that I have um, is mostly leather, but it has like neoprene kind of patches, particularly under the arms. Mm. Um, 
and in a couple of other spots as well and also armor in the elbows and shoulders and similar but that is really really nice for a little bit more airflow when it's warm but not too hot um it's a quite a nice in-between jacket um and I quite like that one as well. But if you were going to get just one for the warmer period, looking for one that has that mesh outer, so very breathable, but ideally also has like an inner layer that's removable so that you can span um, a slightly broader range of temperatures for riding. Yep, completely agree. And I have seen several on the market now that have two mm. linings on the inside. So, yeah, so you really can make it into almost a four seasons jacket um, through having just multiple uh, multiple linings in there. And, yeah, when we cool. get, to the, get to the summer month, take both one or both of the linings out, chuck them away somewhere yep. safe, don't forget them and lose them. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, and, and then away you go. So, yeah, having having a jacket because your upper body is the most exposed part. Mm. Um, it's where you're going to cop that, and your head are going to cop the most of the air as it's coming towards you, and that can be good or bad. Um, so, yeah, v- ventilated a ventilated jacket is a very very good start. Mm. And similar, so depending on the helmet that you wear, and we've talked a little bit about open face helmets, but we'll we'll just focus on full face helmets at the moment. <laughs> Most full face helmets that you're going to buy, and depending on the amount of money that you spend on them, typically the more the more money you spend, uh, one of the things that you tend to get more of in a helmet is ventilation. Mm. So have a go and grab your helmet. Go and grab it right after this podcast, right now, actually. I hope you're sitting there with it on your lap anyway, <laughs> polishing it. Okay. Oh, I go down that path. Uh, no. no, let's not. Have a play with whatever helmet it is you have to make sure that you know what what ventilation it's got, what little switches, dials, buttons, whatever it is. Each helmet is different. Mm. Almost all of them will have at least some form of vent- vents on there that can be open and closed. Um, uh, yeah, when, uh, like I was saying, your upper body and your head will get a lot of the airflow going past it compared to your to your lower body and having those vents open so at least you're getting a little bit of air going past your head you know, your head will get sweaty and being able to at least carry some of that away and get a little bit of cooling is mm. very very important yeah we'll, we'll do um a little video reel for instagram mm. and, and a short for youtube as well just to show some of the little vent mechanisms on some of our helmets um yep. But I, I know on mine, and you can see older one um, up in behind me if you're watching the video, has um, a little vent at the top of the head. Um, and it also has one underneath the chin, which you can open or close with a little lever. Mm. Um, and that works really nicely together with, I think similar to when we were talking about riding in the winter, you can also just crack the visor just a little bit to help get some airflow through as well. can be really nice. Mm-hmm. The other thing... Um, I quite like about my helmets, which is a big um, purchasing decision for me, is I've got a helmet that has an internal visor. So in the hot weather, in the sunshine, the bright sunshine, um, personally, I find that really challenging on my eyes, but I'm not a huge fan of wearing sunglasses with motorcycle helmets, um, particularly for full face helmet, um, in case 
it, I go through darker leafy areas and now it's too dark and I you know, can't take my sunglasses off and it inhibits my visibility. So my preference is to have a helmet that has an inbuilt visor that I can just flick up and down. Um, so it's there when the sun is bright and I can very easily um, just with a little flick of a lever, push that visor back up again. Um, and, and yeah. And when you're talking about visor there, it's a tinted visor, isn't it? So you have your main outer yes, visor, sorry, which tinted is clear, visor. <laughs> and then you have a tinted visor, which sort of flicks up and down. Yes. Um, and yeah, that, that does elicit a little bit of jealousy from me at these times of the year because my current helmet doesn't have one. Um, you have to take the whole visor off and you can put a tinted one on. Correct. Right? Yep, correct. So again, depending on the helmet that you buy, some helmets now, and this is a really good thing to look around when you are shopping for a new helmet, um, some helmets will come with a free tinted visor that you can mm. swap out. Um, which is you know fantastic because if you're buying one separately, they're about another hundred dollars typically. Mm. Um, the downside of switching out for a tinted visor is, and please remember this and try not to get caught by it. Going out during the day, it's bright, it's sunny, it's hot, and then going out and it's night time, and you realise, oh, now I didn't bring a, a different visor, and now I'm making the choice of either riding in pitch black don't do that or riding with your your visor open um at night which then yeah you've got its own set protection. of challenges yeah it's got its own set of challenges yes. so that is where yes kahiwa's helmet is better and that purchasing decision <laughs> of having a an internal sun visor was actually a really good one so i, I do quite like it. it's i've yes, only seen right. it on a handful of brands and then even then just mm. a handful of models but um as someone who very regularly forgets things um, and would absolutely be the person who goes out with a tinted visor and has to come home in that mm. exact scenario that you just described, Mark. For me, it takes away the risk of that by just saying, nope, I'll just yeah. flick it. <laughs> yep. And, the, and they are getting more common now, which I think is mm. which I think is great. Like 20 years ago, they weren't a thing. So yeah, yeah it's good. Um, next. So moving down the body. Moving, moving down the body. Uh, gloves. So still mm. up on the upper-ish part of the body, but your your hands, unless you've got hand guards then uh, on your bike, then your hands will also be right in the firing line. They'll get a lot mm. of sun exposure. They'll get a lot of exposure to the wind. And unlike jackets where you can get jackets that you can peel layers off, when it comes to some, when it comes to gloves, it's probably best just to spend the extra money buy a nice, lightweight, really well-ventilated set of, yes. of summer gloves. Uh, yeah, please, again, I'll just say it, resist the temptation to ride without gloves. Can't say it enough. It is the first thing that you will, when, if you do ever come off, then you will reach your hands out because it is just a natural reflex action. Make sure you have gloves on. Um, yes. Yes, so, yes, yes, please. Yes, 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 please. So invest in a set of summer gloves if you're going to be riding regularly. They really will make make a difference compared to even mm. riding middleweight gloves where you find your hands will get extremely sweaty real quick. So I would agree. I think if you if you are just kind of getting into riding or maybe this is your first summer, um, if you are investing money in, in something, I think a jacket and a pair of specific gloves mm. – um, are going to be really, really good investments because they will, as we kind of talk about in a second, the impact of the heat on your body through 
your chest and through your hands, you are staying safe, but you're also allowing some of that cooling to happen um, in the most kind of efficient way. They are worth the investment, particularly lightweight gloves. I Personally, I dislike the feeling of really hot hands when I'm writing it. It, it feels really puffy and I don't enjoy yeah, that at all. it just feels gross. Mm. Mm. And uh, moving, moving further down the body, so starting to get into the stuff that's maybe not as important because it is, mm. it's a little bit out of, the, out of the elements. It's a little bit sort of tucked away, and, um, but the, your lower legs. So again, sounds obvious, but no, please, for the love of all that's holy, don't wear shorts on a motorbike. Um, the skin grafts are not worth it, not to mention the sunburn. But, oh um, gosh, yes, yeah, just sunburn. just don't. But it is uh, again. It's probably if you are going to be riding regularly through proper heat, it's worth trying to find some lightweight, so mm. some lightweight fabric, uh, specific riding riding trousers, riding pants. Mm. Um, there's a range out there that you can find. Kahi, well, what's your favourite brand that you've bought? couple from I think yeah I think there's a few there are a few brands um, specifically for women and um, people in bodies um, who are assigned female at birth uh, that now have quite a few different options Um, the brand that I personally quite like um, is Moto Girl Um, I think they have quite an inclusive size range and shaping and their fit seems to be pretty good in terms of the size charts and how they actually then fit on your body um i've got two that i quite like to wear in like warmer warmer days um one of those is a pair of black leggings so black's less than ideal but the fabric is really really light and breathable but it still has kevlar lining um and there's something about the way that it's constructed that it just seems to help you feel cool even though the black is warm um, the other pair that I have are more of like a cargo pant kind of style. Mm-hmm. Still got the Kevlar lining. They both still have space for knee armor within them as well. Um, but the cargo pant ones, again, just a little bit more roomy, a um, little bit more space for airflow, which can be really good. I do feel like if you are riding on a slightly longer ride, um, even with something like uh, the cargo pants or something with Kevlar lining or other jeans, it can be really useful to wear kind of compression wear or like skins underneath. They'll be a little bit lighter. They'll help create sometimes a little bit of a gap between the skins and your actual riding trousers, so another place for air to flow. Um, And the compression can also be really good to – help keep your body okay in the heat as well. I'd also add one in there that uh, if you are wearing anything uh, like leather, well, le- leather pants in particular, but, you know, like if you're doing mm. a track day, which we'll talk about later, and you're doing uh, wearing full leathers, then wearing skins underneath is um, a really good idea if you don't want to get trapped in your leather gear <laughs> Until you've cooled down and stopped sweating. Um, trust yeah, me. Yeah, I one. find that also with things, with some of the ways um, some brands do the Kevlar lining, sometimes that can be quite sticky mm. on your skin if you've been um, you know, a bit sweaty or a little bit puffier. Yep. Uh, skins can be really helpful to help just even normal non-leather pants coming yeah. off a bit easier. 
Yeah, yep, definitely. Um, a quick call out as well, something that Kahiwa mentioned is that uh, black might look cool, but it is, as, any, as most people probably know, it's about the worst thing that you can wear on a really hot day because it just mm. absorbs heat. So it is, uh, it is really hard to find light-coloured protective gear. The I think trousers in particular. Tra- yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so once again, it depends on how much you want to spend, how often you're going to be riding in the heat. But if you're going to be riding around in a lot of heat all the time, mm. then find something, yeah, f- find jacket and, and uh, pants that are a lighter colour and it will absolutely make a difference in mm. the the amount of heat that you reflect rather than absorb yes absolutely so that's a little bit about uh, about clothing not an exhaustive list by all means but those are sort of the main things that jumped out about uh, about clothing okay but what about oh, oh what oh i think the other thing um was well, the thing that I wear kind of every ride um, mm-hmm. is a neck sock. And we talked about that as part of winter gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they are equally as important when you're riding in um, summer, in warmer weather, in the sunshine. Um, partly, again, just to keep the kind of sun off of your neck, but they can also mm-hmm. help to you know, help sweat things kind of move off or help create some airflow if you've got a nice kind of thin, lightweight um, sock as well. Mm, good point. Very good point. Mm. But yes, the other thing we were talking about is, um, I suppose, the impact of the heat on the body. So we've talked about some of the gear that you might want to wear and alluded to some of the reasons why things that are breathable, things that are um, not absorbing the heat might be a good idea. And this is because, particularly in the very warm weather, heat can do some pretty, pretty nasty things to the body. Um, so obviously the extremes of things, um, like heat stroke and heat exhaustion, all of the things we want to avoid, but even just generally being warmer can have an impact on, on your body and therefore also on your brain. So, um, one of the first things that can really happen is you get dehydrated. Mm. Um, and so when we get dehydrated, it affects your brain's ability to concentrate, um, and to to make good decisions um, and all of those types of things. So it is a really, really good idea to have, um, make sure you're drinking some water before you ride. Um, And then also once you get back, if you're going on a longer ride, maybe packing a water bottle um, or stopping somewhere where you know that you can get some water will be a really good idea. Because being on a moving bike, um, you will also sweat in the heat and that sweat will evaporate really quickly, which is a good thing because that's how your body naturally cools itself down. But this will contribute to um, the dehydration in your body. So it's really important to be preempting some of that by drinking water earlier and then also kind of replenishing that either as you go, if you're on a longer ride or when you get to wherever your end point is. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you mm. are particularly in hot wind days, so it's not it's not so bad when it's cooler, like cooler wind on mm. a on a sunny day. But a uh, hot day with hot wind, you're pretty much putting yourself inside a fan forced oven. 
And yeah, it will, your body will just keep on sweating more and more and that will evaporate yeah. off really, really fast. So you can, yeah, you can lose a lot really quickly, even if you are not, like you're, you're not running, you're not doing that much in the way of physical activity, like if you were cycling, for example, mm. but yeah, you can still lose a lot real fast. Yeah. And I think particularly here in South Australia, where it is quite a dry heat, mm. um, it does feel like you are in a fan-forced oven for yeah. sure. Yep. Um, the other effect of that, particularly the the drier heat, is it can dry out your skin, um, which um, at least for me um, that contributes to being a distraction, um, making it a little bit more difficult to concentrate. Um, so I think it's really important to have something as simple as lip balm um, because that air is potentially coming right at your face that can dry out really quickly um, and um, wanting to use uh, sunscreen even though you're going to have a helmet on you're still going to get that um, potential sun kind of bouncing into your face mm. as well so Absolutely. wearing um, something with sun protection because you know not only your face but also all of the little gaps between your gear um making sure that we are preventing sunburn because I cannot imagine anything more horrid than you know, getting a little bit of sunburn like right mm. between your wrist and your hands and then having to put your jacket and gloves back on again like mm -hmm. the next few days when that's all you know inflamed and angry and irritated. That would be so horrible yeah. back of the neck is another one or oh, depending yes. on where your jacket sits at the bottom of your jacket if uh, mm -hmm. when you lean forward there's sometimes a little gap um yeah even if you're wearing short socks then just above your ankle so hopefully you've got bike sh uh, riding shoes that are covering your ankle but mm. if you're if you're wearing shorter pants if there's a little bit of gap cover it up yep. with some with some sunscreen and yes. and what we haven't we haven't mentioned yet, but I'll throw in there because I have some problems with this is also your eyes. Yeah. So, you know, your face and your lips, even if you've got a full face helmet, you're still going to have a lot of uh, a lot of air rushing past it mm. one way or the other. Um, I struggle with um, my eyes becoming very dry. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. If, if going out, just trying to be prepared, bring some eye drops, um, yeah, it's just a just another thing because everything gets dried out. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, when I was kind of working in the city, either wearing glasses or when I would wear contacts, um, often would make sure that I packed like a just those tiny wee little bottles of eye drops because yeah. it does make a difference to just make sure that you can um, see really clearly. You're not having that. Um, mm. grittiness or anything kind of impacting your vision because that is obviously very important to, it to sure is. riding well and riding safely. Um, I think for me probably the biggest theme that's really coming through in terms of the impact of the heat um, is really just the concentration. Mm. So we know that our bodies and our brains are made up of predominantly water. We know the impact on your brain's cognitive function when you are dehydrated um, and when you are too hot. And so when you are riding in warmer weather, extreme heat, um, it will impact your brain's ability to concentrate. That might look different for different people depending on your brains. I feel it very, very tangibly because struggle to concentrate anyway. Um, 
But so one of the things that is, I think, really useful to keep in mind, as with anything, is to take a break. Um, mm. You know, if you are going somewhere um, and you can take a slightly shorter ride, consider taking the shorter length ride um, or add in like a quick stop or break in the shade. Um, if you feel like your brain or your body are starting to kind of wander or particularly anything that might look like the signs of um, heat stroke or heat exhaustion, then take a break, find somewhere we can have some water, take the layer of the jacket off and just get mm. some cool air kind of into you um, before you keep going because um, you know, riding requires a significantly more level of concentration than driving in a car. Um, as we've alluded to in I think a few other episodes. So do what you need to do to make sure that you can ride well and you can ride safely. Mm. And another thing there that can be a telltale sign is uh, even either little mistakes in judgment or little mistakes mm. in, in physical skill. Um, you know, you're out riding and you've been riding for a while and you know your bike inside out and then all of a sudden you, you start making really uh, <laughs> clunky gear shifts or a corner that you just didn't really at all do well and you think of what on earth is going on. Those can be the telltale signs that your brain is is starting to um, demonstrate the stress of, mm. of the heat and that is a really good time to, as Kahiba said, just have a bit of a break and get back into it. Have a cold drink, stand in the shade um, and just let your brain reset for a little bit. So Yeah, th yeah. there's... Those are definitely the signs I know um, either, particularly if I'm hungry, um, yeah, because yeah. hunger impacts my brain and ability to concentrate mm -hmm. quite significantly. And it'll, yeah, look like um, all of a sudden forgetting, do I move my foot up or down to change into this next gear? Mm. Um, or, you know, pulling out an intersection and on reflection afterwards going, yeah, no, that gap actually wasn't as good a gap as I probably would yep. normally take or those types of things. And so I know to look out for that when I'm writing in terms of, no, we need to have a break and have some food um, or particularly in the warmer weather, it's now getting a bit too hot. Let's have a break, find some shade, hopefully have a yeah. drink um, and kind of get back to it. Um, I am very aware of the <laughs> limitation of my brain's ability to, to function and concentrate. Well, it, it, once again, we've said this plenty of times already in the previous 14 episodes that <laughs> a lot of what you're doing on a motorbike is mental. Mm. Uh, a lot of mm. it is mental and even though, you know, even if it's not that different in terms of the context of the risk compared to being in a car, it's the impact if you mm. make a mistake that is far higher. So there's this is just another... I suppose another example of where when you see those risk signs, do something about it, don't push through, not worth yeah. the potential impact. So mm. now a uh, final thing to talk about is a little bit about the impact of heat on your bike. Oh, yes. So it varies from, varies from bike to bike and only you will get to know how your bike handles itself in the hot weather. Uh, first one, really obvious one, but I'll say it anyway, when it's hot, your bike uh, surfaces on your bike also get really hot. <coughs> so I know that sounds obvious, but <laughs> even though your exhaust or exhausts and your engine in the middle of winter are going to get hot, they're going to cool down a lot quicker. They're not going to be as hot. Um, 
just be really, really cognizant of it because if you put mm. a, um, you know, absentmindedly put a hand on a hot engine or a hot exhaust pipe or, heaven forbid, a hot exhaust header, which is the bit where the exhaust comes out of the motor, oh. that can take a lot of skin off really, really quickly. Mm. Um and that's not just on your own skin either, but if you are taking out and you're draping your jacket over your motorbike or mm. you're hanging anything else or yeah, leaning the helmet along the up, side of the bike and it how, yeah. Yeah. Then just remember that you are going to have bits of metal on your bike that are already hot regardless when the time of the year, but they can become yeah, just incredibly hot and can do a lot of damage very, very quickly mm. to anything that isn't um, capable of coping with a few hundred degrees um, Celsius. Mm -hmm. So just be aware of that. Be more cognizant of it in summer. Second thing is to know your cooling system. Now, this is going to really vary from bike to bike. Some bikes are air-cooled or air and oil-cooled. Most bikes you're going to buy these days are liquid-cooled, so they'll have coolant in them, similar, similar to what cars do. Um, some of them will have a temperature gauge. Others will just have a temperature warning light that will come on. Um, if your bike does have a temperature gauge, then just get to know where a normal spot is for your bike when you're riding around. Anybody that's mm. got a bike with a temperature gauge, you'll know. Um, <laughs> you can expect in traffic for your engine to get hotter, particularly if you're doing mm. lots of slow stop-start riding. Um, that can put a lot of stress onto the motor. You may hear things happening that you don't hear during winter. For example, um, some bikes or just about all liquid-cooled bikes will have a fan which will kick in usually when the temperature gets sort of up around the 100 degrees Celsius. So if you hear fans going on when you're stuck in traffic, that's not necessarily... Mm. A problem with the bike it just means that yep there's a sensor in there that says right we've now reached uh, reached a hot enough temperature that the bike needs to start doing a bit doing a bit more that's just because when you're riding along uh yeah when you're moving at least there's air moving past the the radiator which cools off the coolant uh, mm. when you're stuck in traffic you're just sitting there again baking really so that's just the motor trying to get some more um some more airflow through to keep it uh, to keep it cool do keep an eye out if you have a liquid cooled bike for coolant leaks so if at any stage you see anything more than a few drops sometimes a few drops under the bike um, is just the bike sort of naturally uh, handling a little bit too much coolant sometimes if you see a big puddle underneath your bike of uh, of coolant after you've gone for a ride uh, coolant you'll usually be able to spot it because typically it'll be like a green color maybe a blue color but commonly most commonly green um, then that might be something once the bike has cooled down to check the mm. coolant level so go and check your manual if you haven't got a manual with the bike um, maybe pop into your bike store ask them for an opinion or give them a call and and see or jump online and um, just do some google searching for a manual for your bike uh, because uh, yeah if you um yeah, you really need to make sure that your bike is your bike's cooling system is doing what it is. And mm. if it is a liquid cooled bike, then having coolant in there is a really important part of that. <laughs> um, however, if you are reading 
you know, you're reading your manual and it says to check your coolant, then remember, never, ever, ever open a hot radiator. <laughs> Uh, your cooling system has coolant in it, which is, in spite of the name, gets really, really hot and also gets under significant pressure. So if you open up a hot radiator, then it will expand very quickly and shower you in, uh, worst case, potentially superheated fluid. So more than 100 degrees Celsius without boiling because it's under pressure. Um, and that is, yeah, a trip to hospital really quickly, um, unfortunately, and probably some skin grafts. So, yeah, leave your leave your motorbike to cool down completely before you do anything relating to the coolant. Um, yeah, not not worth the risk. Mm. And finally, uh, keep your keep your bike serviced. So hot weather does put more stress on, particularly the engine of your bike, uh, mm. the cooling system of your bike. So the the best way to make sure that your bike is going to maintain um, you know, happy operation through even the hottest of the hot weather is just to get it serviced regularly. A qualified workshop will know what to look for in terms of yeah. making sure that everything is as it, as it should be. They will run tests on the bike to make sure that it's doing what it's meant to do. Um, and because the the downside of trying to save money by not getting your bike serviced is particularly in the middle of summer if you have a catastrophic failure of your cooling system that can cause some extremely expensive damage to your bike that will end up just costing you far far more money in the long run than what you might save by just yeah uh, avoiding getting your bike serviced in accordance with manufacturer's specification, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that's a little bit about just some of the things to be aware of on your motorbike. Uh, again, not an exhaustive list, but those are the ones that are probably the major ones. Yeah. Um, I think that the other thing, um, not bike specific, but the other thing to think about um, that can be impacted by heat is your helmet. Mm. Um, and so particularly if you're you know, going out somewhere and you know, maybe leaving the bike and your helmet out, um, to be thinking about where you store and leave your helmet whilst you are out. Um, yeah. So I know quite often, you know, heading into the city or, or into other places, I'll see bikes with then the helmet kind of hanging off of the side um, off a handlebar mm. or um, like a pillion footrest or something like that. And whilst I have my own opinions about um, the sensibleness of, of that in general, I think um, if that is at all going to get any sunshine, um, to leave your helmet out kind of baking in that sun potentially for extended periods of time directly impacts the quality and integrity of your helmet mm. and therefore its ability to do the thing that it needs to do when you need it, which is compress to protect your head um so if at all possible I, I think it's a good idea to keep your helmet out of the direct sun um I also tend not to leave my helmet in um the top box that I might usually take um if I know that that's also going to be out in the sunshine because inside that top box then becomes just like an oven um because it's all hot it's hot air and that's mm. also potentially going to impact the quality of the helmet that's a personal choice um i I think 
I'm not sure that there's anything specifically recommended in terms of kind of helmet quality and similar, but for me, it's a bit of a, um, you know, high impact, low cost type of way of trying to keep my helmet and the thing that is going to protect my head if something um, bad were to happen in as good a quality as possible. So that's ready to do that when I need it to. Mm. Yeah, I, I think from memory, I'm trying to think about work now. I reckon I have seen um, care instructions for helmets that do say just that, to say don't mm. leave your helmet sort of exposed to the elements for extended periods of time for exactly the reasons that, that you've talked about. It just accelerates the degradation of a bunch of stuff within your helmet. Do it once, it's probably not going to make a difference. Do it as just the regular thing that you leave it sitting out in direct sun. Yeah, you, you're going to drastically shorten the lifespan of your helmet and mm. potentially the effectiveness of doing its job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're, we're all fans of trying to get good quality things and keep them lasting for as long mm. as possible. So if we can do small little things like you know, taking the helmet inside with us to make sure that you know, it's more likely to get a good four or five years of wear rather than maybe one or two, uh, that to me seems like a, you know, a no-brainer kind of decision. So I think we, we talked about um, you know, the impact of heat on the body, on the bike um, and some recommendations for different things about gear that you might wear. And again, if you are um, woman or um, kind of AFAB non-binary listener based here in Adelaide or South Australia, come on down to the swap meet for the Women Two Wheels South Australia Facebook group. Details are online um, to possibly... You know, either sell or, or score some new gear at a good price. Um, but I, I think it's also important, you know, we're talking about riding in the hot weather, riding in the sunshine, to maybe think about some of the good things about it too. Like it is quite a glorious experience to mm. be riding in that sunshine. Um, I love riding alongside the coastline and being able to see, you know, the, the sun kind of setting and it's still nice and warm and you've got that warm breeze kind of blowing. It is um, a beautiful experience um, and I, I, I hope everyone kind of gets a chance to do that. Um, Mark, what's your kind of favourite thing about riding in the warmer weather? Um, grip. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yes. I mean, we, we yeah. if I look back a few episodes when we talked about riding in, in cooler weather and we talked mm. a fair bit about just really being cognizant, cold tyres, crud on the road, dirt on the road, all that other kind of stuff. Once you get a few... Uh, a few nice sunny days to sort of uh, dry the roads out properly, get some nice heat in the roads, you get more mm. heat in your tyres and you can actually go out and start to have a lot more confidence in your braking, in your cornering, in accelerating out of corners. Uh, mm. It's just a fantastic time of the year to be out and we, we see that in the shop a whole lot that – um, as soon as the sun starts shining coming out of winter, people start to realise, oh, yeah, the sun's shining. Yep, now I want a motorbike. And there's reasons for it because it's fun. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked a bit. Today we did talk, and that's probably the first of the takeaways to say, um, you know, really hot weather does carry probably as many risks as riding in really cold weather. Mm. But I don't know. If, if it was me, um, I would probably take really hot weather over really cold weather 
mm-hmm. any day because at least the conditions of the road are generally better and you can do more of the fun stuff on a road bike um, <laughs> that you buy a road bike to be able to do, which is leaning over, going around corners um, mm. and enjoying that fantastic that fantastic feeling, knowing that underneath, uh, the, the ground underneath you is going to be a lot grippier. There's somebody there exercising their grip just outside the house. Apologies for that. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah. So I think t- takeaway number one for me in all this is, uh, yeah, be aware that really hot weather does carry um, as many risks probably as cold weather. They're just different risks that we've tried to cover off on mm. today. Okay, but take yep. away from you. Yeah, I think um, the probably the biggest thing is really just about preparing preparing yourself. So um, mm. investing in the right gear um, so that you are protected but also um, – trying to keep cool so things that are breathable that are lightweight but still have that level of protection um making sure that we're thinking about um hydrating the body and resting um where you might need finding some shade just to grab you know a little bit of cool air and a bit of a break um that that that's really important to therefore being able to enjoy that extra grip Mm. and um, all of the other good things that come from being able to ride in the nicer weather spot on and Mm. and the final takeaway i think just to remember that the more you feel the stress of riding in particularly very hot weather the more your bike is also going through that stress with you Mm. so um you both need more care uh when you are riding in very hot conditions so just uh just be aware of that yeah so in our next episode um uh, shout out to uh, a friend in the Women Two Wheel South Australia group for this suggestion. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, building your confidence riding in the city and in areas with built up mm. traffic, um, yep. which for me was the the first place. As soon as I got my license, uh, me and my little L plate beat beat bike uh, heading into the city and navigating all of that, which was. A lot of fun, obviously, because uh, we are still here and we are still riding. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep uh, an ear out for that and hopefully might see um, some of you in the flesh in the uh, swap make form in two wheels in a week or so. Uh, but until then, please ride safe and have fun. Beyond the Pillion is brought to you by Kahiwa Sabaya and Mark Drexler and Woman Moto, the online magazine for women motorcyclists. Go to womanmoto.com. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Beyond the Pillion. Drop a comment or send us a DM to let us know what you want to hear more about. And if you like this episode, please leave a review or tell a friend.